You're listening to the State of Our Football Nation on FNR. That time of the week when we talk about the state of our football nation on FNR, Football Nation Radio. Lockie Flanagan running the uh, the controls as he tends to do most days of the week. That is when he's not calling games or when he's not studying. And, um, or defrosting comes to us, from or calling defrosting. said games. <laughs> uh, my name is George Danikian. Uh, and speaking of defrosting, you were, were calling the action along with uh, Josh Parrish uh, last night, Australia Cup action. Yeah. Um, uh, how, how did you cope? Well, once I recovered I've from noticed, the... I've noticed the, the, the dew is just it's started. Still to, yeah, 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 it's yeah. still there. It's still there. It's still there. Well, once I once I recovered from the initial shock, shock. which was uh, not just the, the weather shock, but the shock of uh, seeing uh, Louis Nani uh, in Dandenong yes. at George Andrews Reserve. Uh, once I re- recovered from the shock of that, as someone who played at you know Old Trafford now yeah, plays at a stadium yeah, yeah. where the uh, the winning raffle ticket was announced over the PA system. Yes. Once I got over that, uh, very enjoyable. Like and uh, you and Josh, I hear, are doing uh, great things, and you're both up to do some stuff for Network Ten next week. More action. Yes, uh, that was that was um, quite the surprise, but uh, a welcome one to be Very sure. Well. Josh Very will welcome. be uh, over at um, over at Valley Park Event Centre for the, Avondale and Brisbane. Let me just say there wouldn't be a member of FNR who wouldn't be delighted for you. Uh, when we set up the radio station, uh, the streaming platform five years ago, that was one of the very important um, wishes that we had. We wanted to create another generation of broadcasters and telecasters. And um, by by seeing you guys both pick to do that and others that we've had working uh, on the station, uh, gives it, it fills me with enormous satisfaction. Uh, but it also gives me uh, some more excitement to tune in, to listen up, and to get a handle on how you guys are progressing and maturing. Oh, and I, feel, I wish you I every success lot, next week. That's you, fantastic George. stuff. I feel, I feel a lot of pressure now knowing that you're listening in. Oh, don't you worry. There's someone else who'll be listening in too, I'm <laughs> sure. He's the director of football at the City Group, Melbourne City. His name is Michael Petrillo. He's been uh, travelling the, the world as of late. One is a little bit of business and a little bit of pleasure. Needed to refresh and hit the... Uh, that button that's so important, especially after the last couple of years that we've had, where the mental toll, the anguish and, uh, and the disruption that it caused needed a bit of a, um, an outlet. And I'm delighted to hear that uh, Michael Petrillo, who joins us now via Zoom, got a chance to go, of course, to the home of football, which, as we know, is Manchester City these mm-hmm. days. Uh, and uh, he then got a chance to get into Europe and to, to see some wonderful um, places. I think one of them was Sardinia or was it Sicily? Uh, I can never discern the difference because, you know, being stuck in Australia all these years, <laughs> uh, they all look the same to me. Uh, Michael Petrello, welcome. <laughs> G'day, George. How are you? Was, uh, uh, I'm was okay. Sis- was How- Sicily? <laughs> <laughs> we'll be Sardinia next time. Oh, listen, I've had some friends of mine tell yeah. me it's a magnificent spot. Yeah, it's great. It's the first time we've been, so so uh, yeah, it was it was new for us as well. But it was it's, it's a beautiful place. Weather was perfect, food was great, and really friendly people. So yeah, that no, was it was a really enjoyable can you, holiday. Mate. Can you give me a sense of the rest of the world at the other end of the world? Uh, are they still coping with COVID? Are they are they learning no. to live with COVID, or are they just yeah, getting learning, on with it? Yeah, learning learn to live with it, mate. I've been still in the in the shops over there. This, the shopkeepers are still wearing masks, and still a few people that are wearing masks, but they're they're getting on with it. Obviously, they you know, Italy's uh, hit badly by, oh, yeah. by loss of the tourist trade, so they're just grateful to have them back and. Uh, and doing whatever they can to, to accommodate, mate. So, yeah, they're very, very appreciative of, uh, of, of all the tourists being there again. Now, I mentioned uh, Director of Football at the City Group uh, in Australia. Uh, that means uh, talent acquisition. It means looking after uh, uh, some of the great talent uh, that's available around the world that can play for the club. Uh, Melbourne City getting itself sorted for yet another season. Uh, already uh, Australia Cup action has seen the boys and many of the younger ones turn out and uh, and deliver the the result needed to go to the next level. And speaking of the next level, it's uh, Casey Fields next week, which sounds uh, rather exciting, but I suppose there's another element because the City Group had to decommission what was a wonderful academy and setup that had been organised uh, over the last half a dozen years at La Trobe and then take everything 
and start anew uh, in the southeast. Yeah, it's it's uh, exciting, George. We, we uh, yeah we'll be playing the game at Casey Fields. So, uh, it's a ground that um, Melbourne Storm have played a couple of preseason friendlies on before. But you know, as I said we're in the area. We've got a good opportunity for you know the, the kids and, and and the general public in and around Dandenong and and uh, and the southeast area to, to come and have a look at, and, at the game and obviously support us from from wherever they are for the first real competitive hit out in in, in Melbourne uh, against uh, another A League side. Now I was told last year that there was an awful lot of development that was going to go on and uh, the yeah. City Group. We're going to be spending uh, uh, an inordinate amount of money uh, when you consider some of the things that we've had to endure in the past. But uh, how are things progressing? Are they near complete? Are they complete? Or are they still to be completed? Oh, look, we've got most of the uh, the pitches are done, George, so the boys can train properly. We're, we're operating out of the academy uh, facility, which is almost being completed. still a little bit of exterior work to be done. But you know, the main part of the building's... Uh, only just begun, so we're probably about twelve months away before that's finished. So unfortunately, we're we're trying to cope within a, a construction site. Uh, so it's being built basically in and around where we are. Uh, so we have to put up with a little bit of pain, but you know the end product will be well worth the uh, the pain that we the small amount of pain that we've got to endure over the next twelve months. Now that's a good point because I can remember the early days of uh, Melbourne Heart before the club was uh, acquired by the City Group and became Melbourne City, and uh, the Facilities at uh, at Latrobe, let, let's just say in the early days, were rather primitive. Well, it's funny. <laughs> it's funny you bring it up, George, because I, immediately the moment you said that, I'm thinking back to a photo I can remember seeing of one of the people who's going to join us later, which is David Williams That's inside right. the uh, the wheelie bin yeah, ice bath. Yep, trying to uh, make Very sure. Very different that, time now, yeah, isn't it? Making sure they were cooling <laughs> down properly. Do you remember yeah, any yeah. of those days, Michael Petrillo? <laughs> Well, uh, I wasn't I wasn't with Melbourne City at that stage. I was still oh, I know. I just I just like throwing that out there. <laughs> but but, uh, yeah, but you would have seen it. I was a bit spoiled. I certainly saw it in Adelaide we, we, before our you know, our facility was built. But um, we were working out of Willie Bins as well, so certainly know what, what that's about. But you know, this this new facility is you know state of the art, and and uh, the players and, and the staff will be uh, very lucky people to be able to operate out of a world class facility. Now, we're talking about the uh, A-League men's, the A-League women's and the A-League youth. That's right, yeah. All, all of the academy, the women's team and, and the men's will operate out of, the, out of that facility. There will be separate areas for each each uh, uh, sort of department, if you like. Uh, but, yeah, as I said, we'll be sharing some, some unbelievable facilities here once they're complete. Uh, speaking of sharing, who are we likely to see share the... Uh, the facilities and also the colours of Melbourne City for the brand new season. In terms of players, players, uh, I hear yeah, there's a Dutchman, of, another uh, Dutchman in town. Yeah, we've got, uh, we have signed uh, so far two players. Uh, uh, we don't have a lot of lot of uh, players to sign, George, which is a good thing. Uh, but we've still got a couple more to come. We're we're, we're looking. We're, we're very close uh, to one and, and, and reasonably close to another. So hopefully uh, we can make some announcements within the next week or two. Uh, but this stage here, um, we're, um, we're very close to, to uh, uh, agreeing to terms with, with two, two other players to join us, uh, as I said, within the next couple of weeks. Just give us a glimpse of uh, what you know about the two that you've brought in. Yeah, look, one position we, we, we want to bring in is a player that's versatile, that could probably play in midfield, but also cover at, uh, as, a, as a stopper, as a central defender. A little bit in the Roston Griffiths mould, I suppose, but uh, um, yes, looking for that versatility that can cover us in those areas. And the other one will be uh, an out-and-out midfielder, someone a bit more attacking, uh, with good, good athletic qualities and, and uh, able to help in attack but also help in defence because that's the way we play and they've got to be very very fit, as I said, very athletic and willing to get stuck in. So so we, we think we've identified that player. We, we uh, I think we're close to agreeing to terms. We're not quite there. It'll probably take a few more days but um, uh, hopefully um, yeah, we, we, can, uh, we can tie that up shortly. Michael, I'm, I'm curious to know how that process or what that process of talent acquisition actually yeah. looks Entails, like because yeah. there's there's a lot of information out there. There's <laughs> a, all manner of players out there. Some of them, you know, have their agents who are telling you one thing. How, how does it actually work for you to identify a good fit for the side and, and make that 
actual move come to fruition? Yeah, look, we, we have a, uh, a fairly detailed process. We're probably in a lucky situation where we have our own team of scouts that are working for us. And we have one full time here in, in Australia, in Melbourne. But we also have a team obviously overseas and, and they're located in different parts of Europe and different parts of, of the globe. So what we do is uh, obviously we sit down with the coach, we identify the areas that we need we need uh, to find players for. We we uh, have a, a certain list of characteristics, be it physical, mental, uh, technical, tactical, uh, that fit in with our game style. And we send a, a brief off to the to the scouts. Uh, obviously, they need an idea of what the salary range is as well. So once we've done that and sent that off, they, they go off and and, uh, and start searching for us and. We normally come back with a short list of, of, of players for to have a look and review and, and negotiate with, and obviously the coach has the final say in, in, in terms of the player that he wants. Um, yeah, we've been, I think we've been lucky. We've got most of them right. Every now and then, you, you know, you, you, with anything, especially with recruitment, one doesn't work out. But um, you know, we, we've been reasonably lucky. I think over the last few years, and well, not lucky, but we've worked hard to make sure we get the right players in. But because, as I said, we, we play a specific brand of football, so. And that's that's the process, and then I you know, obviously start the negotiations, and hopefully we can we can get the deal done. Uh, Michael, uh, it's very true you haven't missed with too many, but there is one that I, I'm I'm wondering if he, did he play for us? And his name is Pucciarelli. Did he play for the club, <laughs> the senior club? And I'm not talking action in the Australia Cup. Did he actually play a an A League game? No, he did. He, he didn't, George. And you know, so it's a combination funny. of injuries and other things, eh? Yeah, not not so not really so much any, any injuries. I think he he uh, he started behind the eight ball when he first came. His conditioning was quite poor. He picked up a couple of niggle niggle, uh, not, not nothing nothing really great, but did set him back again. And then obviously with the team playing well and performing well, and 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 uh, uh, you know, the coach uh, didn't see him in the, in the plans, and uh, yeah, unfortunately he didn't get, get in, didn't get onto the field in the A League. Played a, little, a few minutes in the, in the Champions League. Yep. Uh, a great guy, terrific fellow. Uh, yeah, as I said, what a shame! What a shame. Yeah, it just didn't just didn't work out. What do you me. learn from those experiments? What do you learn from those acquisitions or those uh, opportunities when you brought a player in? You you had, of course, everything that you bring in. You want them to strike, you know, uh, um, the pitch and and play well. When yeah. when something like like this happens, is it a case of you having to re- reset your reappraisal or your appraisal? Um, uh, set up and look at yeah. uh, your indicators to say to yourself, w- where did we kind of miss the the boat there? Yeah, we 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 did obviously review that. And, you know, maybe how, where did we get it wrong? Did, yep. we, did we did we get it wrong? Is obviously it's very hard to judge because he didn't play A League. So so um, yeah, one of the things we we did learn was was that uh, players who dropped down too far a level and probably butcher the last twelve months he played in the second division in Qatar and and may have lost a little bit of conditioning and zip and. Yeah, PK is very big on on having players that are super super fit and super sharp. And unfortunately, when he came, he wasn't in that condition, and then struggled to 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 get into the team. So that's one area that we, you know, we we now when we conduct our medicals, we we also want to make sure that they're in super super shape, but also that they haven't dropped levels, you know, from where they were. I mean, we're Butcher playing in Serie A, played 100 Serie A games, so you, you know, technically he's, we know he's good enough. Uh, but unfortunately, having uh, you know, COVID affected a uh, couple of seasons in the Middle East in a second division club where he didn't play much and didn't train much. That cost uh, him, yeah. Yeah, yeah, 30 years of age, unfortunately. You know, lost you know the point that you make there is so valid because we saw it uh, in real life when Florian Berenguer got injured going into the finals and then we got him back just uh, for those critical games. And although he played well, he wasn't at his flying best. So yeah. even there, someone who had been with us and had had a fantastic season, didn't quite finish the way he deserved to finish, and 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 may well have, uh, you know, caused the not caused, but um, been one of the reasons why the club didn't finish ten out of ten, if you know what I mean. Yeah, especially look, in the grand final, certainly, you know, hurt us, you know, losing Florin and and and, and O'Neill and O'Neill, you know, yeah, we lost yeah. two of our starting three midfielders, and you know, arguably, you know, both of them had. 
had their probably best seasons ever. Um, so that really hurt us. You know, having said that, I still think you know when you look at the grand back at the grand final, we had enough opportunities and we did enough to, to win the game. But unfortunately, uh, got off to a bad start. So did not put it uh, in the back of the net. No, that's right. Exactly. And that's uh, unfortunately, if you, you don't score, you don't win. So correct. Um, just and, just just run that line past Liverpool in the uh, Champions League. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Real Madrid. Everyone yeah. says, "Oh, Liverpool deserve deserve." Well, yeah. on the on the on the um, actual championship shield, you can see the name is Real Madrid and not Liverpool. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And you know, you know, knockout finals are, are difficult, George. You've got to Correct. be on, on your medal on the day. Um, there's no second chances, so it's it's uh, it's difficult. As as a lot of really great teams have found out in the Champions League, it's not always an easy thing to do. So. Uh, but yeah, look, we, we're uh, we can only present ourselves, you know, having won two premierships in a row, and, and also the grand final the year before that, to present ourselves again in another grand final, and hopefully we can do it again this year. Uh, we've had we've had two or three really good seasons, and hopefully we can continue that that uh, that march again this this season. Just how difficult in the A League is it to sustain that success? success. Because I think we've seen. Uh, over the course of of the A League, of the A League men's in particular, that actually year on year on year to be that team who is right up the top is really really hard. It's, you know, for a variety of reasons, yeah, finals being one of them. Oh yeah. Um, you know, transfers of players. It just how difficult. What are the the challenges that go into maintaining such high standards year on year, Michael? Yeah, look, it, it is difficult. Um... We've been a little bit lucky that that well not lucky I suppose good planning we we sort of had a really stable squad we've also had a continuation of the of the same sort of coaching philosophy from Eric Mombayets to PK uh, so that that certainly helps and you know once you've had a, a bit of success and and you've got a good program in place players you know can attract the right players and you know we, we've been able to do that but it certainly it, it becomes more difficult because everybody else then wants to try and catch you so they're trying to improve their squads and they're trying to improve the way they play so you've got to start trying to find ways that you can keep ahead of the pack and and have an edge on your opponent so um yeah it, it is difficult but it's not impossible there's no reason why you know we, we shouldn't think that we can't win it every season and and um We've got high ambition, and we, we we certainly want to be in the in the top two teams every every season. But uh, as you said, it is difficult, and and uh, we're going to find ways to keep improving every season. You mentioned that sort of injury hit midfield towards the end of the season last year, and I'm, I'm curious to that end to know how uh, Richard Van der Ven, the new Dutchman, fits into that sort of midfield plan because obviously, you know, the the basic information we have on him is an attack minded midfielder. But we, we saw, you know, Florin was the man who did a lot of that sort of uh, attacking load in the midfield. Is he uh, someone who comes in with a chance to maybe ease that, that burden on, on Florin and create a bit more of a, a different dimension potentially? Yeah, he's, look, he's certainly, you know, a little bit different from Florin. He's, he's you know, we see him as a good replacement for, for Connor Metcalf. And, uh-huh. and uh, uh-huh. yeah, left, he's a left footer. <clears throat> box uh, to box. Box to box. The good thing with Richard is not only does he like to get forward, but he's got an enormous engine. Uh, so <laughs> he can he can work backwards as well. Like and, you know, he, he can defend, and you know, that's a prerequisite of anyone that plays in our midfield. They've got to you know, be really good athletes. Florence a fantastic athlete. He can run all day. Connor was the same, and you know, Aidan O'Neill uh, likewise. So you know. Uh, adding Richard to Florin and Aiden coming back very soon, and and uh, as I said, another couple of additions to that to that sort of midfield group. I think we're going to have a very strong midfield uh, midfield group of players that will uh, be able to uh, set us up hopefully for for uh, a really good contest week in week out. We're talking to uh, the director of football at the at Melbourne City. His name is Michael Petrillo. He's been kind enough to join us from uh, about five o'clock to uh, to talk about the state of the game for the uh, the champions and uh, what's in store for the brand new season and how things are preparing for their next match, which is an Australia Cup clash against the Wellington Phoenix next week at uh, Casey Fields. Uh, we've got a young uh, uh, footballer who who wants a career in the game coming up in the next uh, couple of minutes. What are the sorts of things that you'd like to put in his head? To say to him, these are the things I'm always looking for when I'm adjudicating talent, when I'm judging the next young crop of players we might bring in, whether they're male or female. What are the sorts of things that you'd like to see always when you uh, when you when someone says to you, "We've got a player for you to have a look at"? 
I think there's a, there's a couple of really important things. Is is uh, and one of them, first of all, is consistency. We'd, we'd rather have a player who's, you know, seven or, or eight out of ten every week, rather than someone who's nine or ten one week and then you know, six, three or five. four the next week. You know, um, so one of my sayings to young players is, if you if you're good enough for long enough, someone's going to notice you, and and we certainly uh, look for players with that consistency of performance. And that comes, you know, because you've got the right right mindset. You're also physically looking after yourself. Uh, we want players who, who are ambitious and want to keep improving. Uh, those are the, the the key aspects, George, for for younger players. And it goes through to, to probably to more experienced players as well. They're, they're prerequisites for us that they're you know, consistently performing at a good level week in, week out. Michael, before we let you go, a couple of things I want to run past you. Um, Jordan Boss continues to grow. And he's fulfilling the sort of uh, um, KPIs that you were just talking about. He's looking so, so good. And I wish him every success through the year. We knock on wood for that. And the other person who continues to excite us every time he, he runs onto the pitch is young Marco Tilio. Yeah. Yeah, they're two, two uh, really talented young players. And you know, Jordan you know, went from strength to strength last year. Once he got his chance, he took it with both hands. And, you know, we saw in the, particularly in the Champions League when we were yeah. Time, yeah. he was probably probably our, you know, our best player. Best player. And, you know, performed really, really, really well. So, you know, again, he, he's he's one who's now been consistent and, and, and showing great promise. And, you know, we're expecting big things from Jordan this, this season. And, and uh, Marco, uh, again, you know, continued to improve again last season. And, I think uh, this season is a really, really important year for Marco to to establish himself not only as one of the best players in our in our team, but you now one of the best players in the competition, and and he's got all the elements to be able to do that. And World, and world Cup year, world, yeah, world, world Cup yeah. year. <laughs> That's right. So there's a lot of a lot of uh, reasons why, uh, but most of all for him is is fulfilling his potential and making sure that you know he can be the best player he can possibly be, and, and I think he's got a great opportunity to do that this season. One of the others of that sort of talented crop of young City players who we've now seen move on after a few seasons of um, good performances for Melbourne City. John Rowe? No, well, oh. John Rowe is one, yeah. but Connor Metcalf is oh, the, yeah. the most recent one. Obviously, we saw him get that move to St. Pauli, which is a, a great, great move to the second division of Germany. It is, does someone like Connor Metcalf, his experience, a player who maybe after a good start at City could have left earlier, does he speak to the, the value for some of these younger players that maybe biding their time, taking a little bit extra to develop and mature in the A-League before maybe getting themselves a potentially bigger move across if they if they stick around and uh, improve? Yeah, look, that's a really good point and something that I always tell young players when they're, they're keen to move, you know, that you can go too early. And, and you know, in my experience, and if I look through the players that have gone overseas over the last 17 or 18 years and even before that in the old NSL, most of the players who have been successful and had long careers over there are ones that have been established here in either the A-League or the old NSL and, and have played you know, 70, 80, 100 games uh, here mm. um, before going over because they're, they're more mature, they're, they're used to the, the, the cut and thrust of, of, of professional football. They can cope with setbacks a lot better than what they can when they're younger. Mm. Um, and normally if they're going over as mature players, the clubs have invested in them, so they've got... Um, uh, skin in the player, and then they normally want to make sure the player's successful. But you know, player goes over for for nothing um, and doesn't do well. That they're normally tossed out pretty quickly because there's another group of young players, you know, that they've got there ready to come in. So, and, and I've found that you know, when players that go too early uh, normally come back, and they normally come back having having lost their confidence yeah. you know, and not having played for for a year or two, and and, and that can be a big setback. So, yeah, it's really important that players go at the right time when they're ready to go. Uh, Michael, thank you very much for joining no us. Uh, we wish you uh, a tremendous season. Good luck. Uh, and, uh, of course, next week, Casey Fields. It's the Australia Cup clash. Uh, the Australia Cup really starting to captivate people as we knew it would, especially if it got the coverage it deserves. And I see through Paramount Plus and, uh, and, and, and 10 Play, it, it, that is exactly what's happening. And uh, to... Uh, to those of you who are going to be listening next week, uh, d- don't get startled if you hear someone who sounds like Josh Parrish or Lockie <laughs> Flanagan front up on your screen. They are our boys from FNR. Thank you, Michael. No problem. My pleasure. All Thanks, the best. Guys. Well done.
Now, a youngster we're going to catch in a moment. Uh, we're going to take a break. His name is young John Fotopoulos, uh, and he's another one of these young boys who wants to make a career of it, and he's, uh, as they say right now, serving an apprenticeship. And we'll talk to him, get, get an idea of what sort of uh, makeup uh, he has put together, uh, what stock he comes from, and what are his aspirations for tomorrow and beyond. You're listening to the State of Our Football Nation on FNR. Uh, George Danikian, joined by Lockie Flanagan, and uh, we've just been speaking to Michael Pachillo, Director of Football at Melbourne City, and finding out uh, what's, uh, what's in store for the champions of the A-League. And he was giving us a sense of uh, what he'd like to see whenever he goes out there and looks for new players to bring to the club. And uh, one young uh, aspirant is a 17-year-old from uh, the Sutherland Sharks in the uh, New South Wales MPL, uh, MPL1. His name is John Fotopoulos. John, welcome to the station and uh, delighted to hear that you've made your uh, debut. Uh, hey, George. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, I made my debut against Northbridge Bulls in the second last game of the season. Um, there was a few players out injured, so Steve Gordon, the first grade coach, has been liking the performances I've been putting in in the 20s yep. and the 18s, and he thought that I was fit enough and ready to um, take the opportunity. <laughs> uh, what was it like? Give us a sense of when did he tell you that you were playing uh, in the first team? Was it Thursday night? Was it earlier in the week to give you a chance to settle down? Or did he give it to you at the last possible minute? So he rung me the day before, so on the Friday after I got back from school. Yep. So he gave, he gave me like a like a few a, a day in advance just to settle my nerves, just tell me to relax, <laughs> tell me when I'm going to play, and yeah. Then as I got there, then he like just reiterated what he wanted me to to do, how he wanted me to play, and just most importantly, go out there and have fun. Now, do you get a chance to train with the senior team uh, playing for the 20s? Yeah, so our, our, our um, system is like the 20s and the first grade train together. So therefore, uh-huh. like the first grade coaches and the 20s coaches are all looking at all the players and seeing like if everyone is okay, anyone can cope with the physical battles yep. and give, give other people an opportunity. The reason I ask that is I'm trying to uh, work out if you're familiar with them and they're familiar with you. That's that's always a big thing because the hardest thing in the world, I would imagine, would be to suddenly have to make a debut and you've never seen these players before. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, so it, it was good that like the chemistry could be built between the first grade players and obviously as being a youngster coming into the side, they were really good with like talking to me, communicating with me and always encouraging me throughout the match and just telling me to back myself and do your best. Mm. So you That's the sort of advice that Lockie's going to take in next week when he calls his game for, for Network 10. He's got an Australia Cup game coming Apply, up. Applying the advice in a very Same advice. somewhat different field, <laughs> but, but yes. Uh, so, but being part of that sort of senior training as well, John, would have given you the perfect part to... Uh, you know, even before you made that eventual uh, debut against Northbridge, to have a window into what's been really a, a crazy season of football in um in the New South Wales first grade. It's been one of the best seasons I remember in in memory. Obviously, the, the premiership went right down to the the final day. Have you been keeping abreast of all the craziness while you've been trying to manage your uh, playing to the best of your ability as well? Yeah, it's been it's it's been pretty crazy, as you said. Like a lot of a lot of games, a lot of um. A lot of movements, a lot of top quality players playing. So it was quite tough to get into the first grade system and even just get a taste this season. Like mm. if you told me at the at the beginning of the year that I'd be making my debut in first grade, I'd probably laugh at you. So it's, it's pretty it's pretty astonishing how I've managed to come this far and get into a high quality league and show showcase myself to the best of my ability. Well, and not only not only that, you know, progression into the senior side, but I reckon one of the reasons it would have shocked you is because you've also been playing in the under eighteen. So you've gone under eighteen, under twenties, yeah. first grade. Yeah. That that's yeah. quite a quite a remarkable progression through the ranks. Well, what 
What is uh, the sacrifice that's been required this oh, yeah. season to, to guarantee that kind of um, you know rapid rise, really? And you've got school as well. Yeah. yeah. Oh. What's yeah, been the so secret? I've to, <laughs> so I've had to like balance myself out between my school as I'm doing the HSC this oh. year. So I've had to really balance it out with my training and um, schoolwork. But I think I've really adapted to it and grown into it and gotten into a really good routine. And that's obviously showcased on the pitch, showing the consistency, the hard work and the dedication that the coaches want. And obviously that's been able to allow me to go through the 18s to the 20s and then eventually get into the first grade. So I'm pretty happy with that. When did you first start thinking to yourself, I want to play football. I'm, I, I love playing football. I'm good at football. I can do much, much more. I think, look, it's been, it's been a, a passion for most of my life. I think ever since the, um, the grassroots days I had with Elwood Wanderers when I started in 2009 and just progressing through there and then eventually getting into the under nines at, in the SAP system at yep. Olymp- in the Olympic. And as, as the years went by, I just grew and grew into football and was like to myself, you know what, I can really make a career out of this. And if I just work my, my hardest and do my best, then and who knows where I'd, be, where I'd be in the future. You know, we're going to be talking to David Williams, who um, uh, has had a tremendous career, and he's a fantastically spoken young man too. Uh, first Australian um, to really get a chance to travel the world in, in this particular fashion now. there's the He's playing in the Indian Premier League. He's played for Wellington Phoenix. He's played for... The old Melbourne Heart played. I think did he play for Melbourne City before he moved? Yes, he did. Right, he, he did. did. Um, and he's he's got so much to offer. Uh, you know, young players coming through, and I, and I want you to to hang hang in there and listen to the opportunity. Uh, you know, after we finish your interview, because we're we're talking to David, and he he wants to put back into the game. Imagine just as you want to put yourself into the game and 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 build a career. He has had a fantastic career and he's still now wants to come back and help the next generation who want to make you know, football their life. And I'm, I'm sure there are going to be some pearls of wisdom worth listening to. Mm. Um, mm. But tell me something. Who do you, who do you support in the EPL? Uh, it's, it's, it's a club that's got a lot of history. Yes. But as of now, it's not really amazing. But Manchester <laughs> United has been I was going to say, it must be United. Ah, uh, yeah. dear. Look, you know, it, Manchester United is actually a great uh, example of what can happen when you drop the ball, when you forget uh, what, uh, what uh, makes you special and what makes you good. And they got a, a little ahead of themselves. They started believing their own publicity and they've lost that ma- magnificent winning culture. And um, I think the most important thing in life is to, is to understand what hard work provides what commitment and focus uh, can give you and what sacrifice can can afford you down the road. I'm sure at school now there'll be people and friends of yours saying, um, Jono, uh, we've got a big party coming Saturday night. Um, w- come and join us. How hard is it to say no? Oh, it's, it's pretty tough as like I've got to sacrifice a bit of my social life to, um, to play football. But I think, in, I think if I... I think in the end that would pay off if I continue to yeah. work hard and get there and hopefully get there, then I can um, catch up with as many friends as I want. But <laughs> as of now, I've got to really focus. Hey, on- listen, if you succeed, they'll be following you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right, yeah. Lockie's hey, got something for you. Hey, hey, John, we speak a lot, not just on this program, but across the network really about the, the concept of, of a national second division. I'm oh, yeah. That's try, a good, believe good me, I'm, go, I'm going somewhere with this. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're always talking about the national second division to people who are club officials, you know, people in the middle ages, that sort of thing. But one of the reasons that many of us are advocating for it and we want it is to, to give us the chance to develop and give an opportunity to even more young players and you know you've been talking about your progression through the ranks from 18s to first grade this season but the reality is for a lot of young players it's you know not necessarily as straightforward it can be really really hard to to break through I'm curious to get an idea on that 
league from a from a young person's perspective? Is it something that you guys, the juniors, sort of talk about, think would be a good idea? I, I'd be fascinated to know. Yeah, so, question. yeah, um, it, with my teammates and all the players, I think we really do, in our opinion, we really would love to see a second division because the way I, in my opinion, I see is like it starts – like in the younger groups in the youth system, there's there's a fair bit of pathways because there's more teams. However, as you go up in the hierarchy, it goes it the path becomes narrower. Yeah, fewer so pathways. Like in, yeah, so in the end, there's like it's pretty much just MPL one, MPL two. But then to get really get noticed in on the world stage, it's really you've got to get into the A League. So I think if we get more divisions or even just more teams in general, I think that would really open up the pathway for the players and allow them to showcase their talents because there's probably not there's not not much talent that's being recognized in this in this country I think yeah I, I mean I think that's that's a, an interesting way of, of, of looking at it nice to hear from someone who's actually sort of um, at the at the ground level at the coal face. Like that. but that's right. another question we always like to ask is um, you know obviously you're paying attention to your first grade players particularly in the southern team the good things that they do how can i use that to get myself into the first grade side but who are the the players you're Modern. quite versatile you can play a lot of positions from what i understand are there particular players maybe in europe locally that you like to sort of model yourself off whether that's on the pitch or off the pitch really yeah so i think look watching a lot of the a league games last season and watching the first graders at sutherland sharks it's really been it's really allowed me to get a get a sense of how the professional environment is and how i gotta act how i gotta communicate with other teammates and how to be motivated really to in order to get into a professional environment like that so i think looking at these professional players and these first graders has really given me a sense of what i gotta do and allowed me to like at least like get a sense of what's what is needed to get into first grade what's next um so i think as of next year my goal is to definitely keep playing first grade and get as many minutes as i can next season and hopefully like become the the starting the starting player in first grade at left back or whichever position they need me and hopefully through that I can just get noticed by more more people and the people from people higher up and wherever it goes from there, hopefully it continues. Excellent. Uh, John Fotopoulos has been our uh, our guest on FNR, uh, a youngster, 17 years of age, uh, playing now for the Cronulla Sharks. Uh, uh, let me tell you, um, the, the Shire has had uh, a history as a nursery of football. Mm. And uh, and I'm talking about the round ball code, not rugby yes, league. The Sutherland Sharks. The Sutherland. The Cronulla yes. Sharks, they are a very yeah, different I know, code. I know, I know. Um, but uh, whenever I think of Sutherland, I always think of Cronulla. Uh, being an old Sydney boy, old habits die hard. Um, I wish you every success, John. Uh, and um, just remember uh, all those things that you've taught, talked to us about. And what you heard earlier from Michael Petrillo. And don't forget, stay with us on on FNR. Keep listening because uh, coming up next on our program is someone who has played the game and has played it at a terrific level and has been an inspiration for a lot of young footballers. His name is David Williams and he'll be with us right after this break. Thank you, John Fotopoulos, for joining us. You're listening to the State of Our Football Nation on FNR. Busy hour of State of Our Football Nation. George Danikian joined by Lockie Flanagan in the studio in Melbourne. And via Zoom, we're heading off to some exotic place in Queensland called Townsville to catch up with the man we know as Willow. David Williams, welcome. Thank you for having me again, guys. Nice to see you. <laughs> uh, David, thrilled to bits that you're joining us and even better, uh, more excited to hear that young Rudy and Hugo are uh, not only behaving themselves, they're, uh, they're having dinner at this time of the night and uh, yeah. they're also enjoying uh, whatever entertainment you've provided for them on their iPads. Sonic 2 at the moment. Sonic 2. Uh, look, uh, it, it's a thrill for us to catch up with. We haven't spoken to you in quite a while. The last time we spoke to you, you were in the midst of a COVID-challenged uh, season in the Indian Premier League. How did that season finish? 
Um, it finished not on the high we wanted to. We ended up semi-finals, but unfortunately fell a little bit short. So um, we got knocked out by the eventual winners. But um, I think they they were deserved winners. So um, they had a, a lot of um, you know heart, a lot of passion that went into their uh, win towards the end. And um, yeah, we just just couldn't compare that. We had a great squad. Um, and, you know, on, on paper, probably the best in the league, but um, you just need a, a bit more than names. You need a, a bit of heart, determination and some character that, um, you know, is 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 very hard to um, um, to put all together in the one recipe to get success, I guess. Uh, you know, people say, oh, this team is great on paper. We don't play on paper. We no. play on a pitch and there are so many variables and you know all about it. Um, I was talking to someone a little bit earlier in our program. His name is Michael Petrillo, and he tells me he he identified you as one of the talents to join him at Fury. Yeah, I um, he got I you out over... of Bronby. Was he? Was it Bronby? Yeah, was, yeah, exactly. He's um, spot on there. I was um, I was at Bronby at the time and just need was looking for some game time, um, and he was helping out. Um, the Fury and I mean as part of Football Australia I think trying to get a startup club involved he was the man for it and um, he he did identify me had a good relationship with him and um, yeah he, he bought me bought me back and um, yeah I he's haven't a, left he's a he's a, bi- he's a big fan he still he still talks uh, very kindly about uh, young David Williams um, uh, what what did you learn from this last season that had so much disruption but also had a, a, a number of opportunities where you guys got to play some terrific football in front of some big crowds. Yeah. So um, what I learned first and foremost is family is the most important thing um, in anything. That's what I learned. Um, second, that, you know, football is is mostly mental. Um, <laughs> you know, from yeah. COVID bubbles and what we were doing with our routine, can you stick to the routine? But also, can you um, add little things in there to keep your mind going? Because if you just stick to the same routine and you wake up and it's Groundhog Day and you repeat, 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 you're quite miserable. So you need to find different things to to keep your mind stipulated, I guess, if you want to say it like that. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I learned that, you know, mentally you have to um, not be – it's like you obviously have to be strong, but you have to, uh, you know, have some sort of – mental level to to keep you performing on the pitch um there's going to be others that are stronger mentally others that are are weaker but as long as you know you've got an average um and higher then you you, you're probably doing pretty well in that that bubble so um mentally keeping stimulated i think that's another thing i i learned as well um you know as as not silly i mean some people can agree with some might laugh but you know doing puzzles in my room i would order puddle puzzles on amazon and do them and you know we'd play cards we'd you know do sudoku or something like that you know just challenging on times and um you know just stuff to to keep the mind going on and um i learned yeah in football it's mostly mental um Family's the most important, and um, I, yeah, that's you're why thrilled, I'm and you're thrilled to be home. Uh, by the way, I, I remember you showing us that magnificent room where you were living, and the palm trees outside, and the beach, and then you said to us, "Yeah, but I can't go out there. Yeah. We're not, we're not allowed unless we're training." Exactly. Um, we we could walk past it on the way to the the bus. <laughs> oh, um, Jesus. Maybe it's meal times, but oh. um, yeah. otherwise, it was a bit of a tease. So. Mm. Anyway, I'm in sunny North Queensland at the moment, and um, in the the nice weather, it's about 26 degrees and sunny. Oh, I see stop it! It's bitingly it's bitingly cold, David Williams yeah, in Melbourne. I think you could multiply could Melbourne's it. weather by two and it'd still be a couple of degrees short. <laughs> well, I see you boys haven't paid the heating bill. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Right here we go. <laughs> uh, okay, so 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 Lockie's got a couple of questions for you, but um, I, what I want to know is when do you start getting ready for season for the next season? Well, next I think next season season seventeen for me. Um, I've been wow! But. Um, I'm in a not sure if I'm in a transition period at the moment, so I had to say no to going back to India. Uh, I had a uh-huh. contract there, um, but I just had to put family first and think about my young kids and 
being together at the moment is the most important. So um, I've put playing overseas on hold for now. Yep. Um, and, you know, my situation is very simple. I'm looking for something in the A-League. And if, if something comes up, great. If, if nothing comes about, then maybe I'll have to start thinking about life after mm. football. But I know I've got a lot to give. I've still got, um, you know, a few years left in me. But um, I have to be a bit selfless here and, and put my family first. Have you heard about Melbourne City where the temperature is about 35 degrees normally Everyone's through wearing every, coats, every other week. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, it's, um, it's a big club. Um, Great stuff. Club, but, um, you know, I, I, you know, I, not that I'd go anywhere, but um, I need the right, right deal. The right to, fit. Yeah. yeah. Right fit for me. Um, I'm ambitious. So I need to be at a club that is ambitious as well. I, I need uh, a good, um, probably hard conversation as well with the coach to, um, to, to still get something out of what I can, because even though I'm experienced and I've been around for a while, um, you know, you, you still have to have that hunger to, to do well um, and succeed. So you, you know, uh, PK, don't you? I know him quite well. Yeah. <laughs> you can I probably him tell quite... him a few, a few, a few good stories. Yes. Yeah. Whether or not they want me, it's difficult, but um you know, what's hard to get at the moment as a free agent, I mean, I'm not selling myself, but it is very difficult to come by experience that's available. That's true. Uh, I've just played AFC Cup um, in India and qualifying and um, scored a few, quite a few goals in, in that in, in how many games? Five games, I've got four goals so and a couple of assists. So I'm, I feel hungry still to play. I've still got a lot to give. and But at the moment, I'm, um, yeah, I just have to put my family first and, um you know, things will align if it's meant to be. And I, I feel like everything happens for a reason. And um, if you force something too much. Um, Correct. Then, yeah, then it's not going to work out. But, um, you know, it's still, though, a, a fact that never give up. Keep going. If if something fails, then um, you still got to, you know, keep going and persist. Mm. I mean, obviously, having been in that sort of isolated sort of setup for as long as you would, oh. would have clearly, um, you know, taken quite the toll. It was... What was the process like to make this decision? Because it, it, it's not as if playing-wise, you know, it, it's not like you're leaving a team where you haven't been getting minutes or anything like that. You've been playing really well. You've been scoring in the AFC Cup. Was there a particular moment where you're like, I, I have to make this decision? I, I'm, I'm really fascinated to, to know the, the process that, that you went through on that one. Yeah, well, short, quick answer on that is just my wife and I had a conversation and we both, our answers and our you know, end of the conversation fell in the same pool, basically. So yeah. we knew that that was the right decision. So that was the quick way. Um, obviously, having, um, you know, a potentially the chance to obviously stay in India even longer was then hard to to give up. Um, but once I had that conversation with my wife and we mm. spoke about our kids and whatnot, then it was easy and it, it felt right. And there was a bit of um, baggage dropped from from me in in that sense yeah. because you know like the india league is is it seems easy but it, it it's not um there's a lot to still deal with you know referees uh, aren't great um they could be a lot better that's why if i ever played in the a league again i would not have one complaint with them. <laughs> <laughs> oh they'd be delighted to hear that they would be delighted to oh, by the way did you have to cope with var no, no, and 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 it would have been very, very beneficial for my team if we had it. Uh, <laughs> we were a bit of a powerhouse over there, and a lot of people like to see us fail. Uh-huh. Uh, so there would have been a lot of, um, you know, jealousy given. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, maybe a bit of that as well. Um, you know, so anyway, that that aside, I mean, I was very lucky to be at the club that I was at at ATK Mahambagan. Um, but look. I was, yeah, happy with the the conversation with my wife. We mm. decided that, and I've had a good career. Um, I've been smart with a few financial decisions, so we've we've, yeah, we're we're not doing too bad. But I've just got to, you know, put my young family first because I I can't get that time back. Mm. Um, I can earn money for the next twenty five years working, doing jobs, whatever. Yeah, um, I just can't get back that time with my kids growing up and. Um, so that's why I'm still in Townsville now and making lunches in the morning, dropping the kids off. <laughs> Rudy, Rudy and Hugo will be thrilled to bits to have Dad around. 
Oh, they are sometimes. Sometimes maybe I'm a bit hard on them, but right. I drop, drop them off. I get um, get to the gym and um, get a few odd coffees in with some friends and just make sure that, um, you know, I, I still am very ambitious to play football. Um, I just got to keep myself fit. So I'm um, trying to do that when I'm kid free. Well, That's very I, good. I'm, I'm sure the kids are especially grateful to, to have you around when you're letting them watch uh, watch Sonic 2. You know, that's 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 important. It's about, uh, honestly, not exaggerating this, it's probably the 40th or 50th time they've <laughs> up there. So I feel, I feel like everyone has one of those movies. Exactly. You know. and, and, and parents with kids that age would know that things are on repeat. Mm. So. Yeah, my daughter, my daughter uh, is a lot older and she still hasn't stopped watching Frozen. Just, oh, just thought okay. I'd run that out there past you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I apologise. I had needed to make time because I apologised the last time, George, you tried to get me on for um, a panel for one of your extracurricular activities. I wasn't yep. able to. So, no, um, that's all right. That. No, no, listen, I got, a sh- I got a shirt from someone called David Williams from Townsville, and I yeah. want to say a very big thank you. He promised us he would send me a shirt. And Is that the can- one on the back on the wall there? Behind uh, you? No, no, no. I'm going to wear it with pride. Oh, does it fit you, mate? I'm I'm on a crash course. <laughs> hey, don't worry. Uh, next time we catch you, it will be up here, and you'll be able to see it with uh, with great pleasure. Oh no problem. Thank you for accepting my gift. But I thought I can't remember if I sent you a um a home or away jersey. The maroon and green was it? Uh, yes. Yes. Yes, it was okay. I thought there was maybe the one at the back there is um is is white with a bit of a red trim. Um, what's that one? It's a bit blurry, so I, I can't. That, see. I think that's actually a, a actually a Melbourne City one. I'm pretty sure from from a couple. Of maybe that's an ago. omen. Ah, <laughs> David, I, that's I, an omen. It looks good. I see the old Socceroos from um the golden years. The is that the old Socceroos jersey? It is. Yeah, yeah. The, the victory one. The Mate, V pretty much. Can you can itself. you believe the boys are going to the World Cup? Um. Oh, look, controversial question. <laughs> uh, I want to believe in the boys. I I think they've done an outstanding job, um, but they made it difficult for themselves. Yeah, that's um, true. But at the end of the day, they I'm got there. Very, I'm very happy they they're going. Um, yeah. I'm happy that you know I, the, the the country will have something again to support, and hopefully the growth of grassroots football. That not even that, just the the growth of football through teens and young adolescents and adults, you know, it brings people back to the stadiums um, in 2023, you know, yeah, yeah, coming yeah. in. Oh, super Christmas. exciting. Uh, David, uh, have you heard the latest regarding um, uh, um, 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 Adam Goods? Adam, have, Ad, Adam Goods have, has just yeah. uh, decided to join an Indigenous group that uh, John Moriarty has put together. I reckon yeah. you should be on that group too. Um, you know, just quietly, yep. um, I, I, not that I can say I'm disappointed, but um, you know, I, I, I would have in, enjoyed to have conversations about this as well. Well, uh, well, let's see I, what we can do. Up, let's stir the pot. I, yeah, let's let's stir the pot because I have a lot to offer. Um, I'm still potentially playing. I don't have the club at the moment. I'm not retired. Um, there's two Indigenous kids playing still now, which. Tate Russell, Western Sydney, and I haven't retired yet, so <laughs> both of us involved. Oh, mate. Two, Let's... Two seats at the table. I think that's so, absolutely uh, right. 17 seasons of professional football, you've got a lot to offer, and especially if we want to encourage more uh, young uh, uh, Australians of Indigenous background to play this, uh, this beautiful game, both men's, women's, and... Uh, we're seeing our young Matildas uh, burst out of the blocks. They scared yeah. the hell out of me in the first 20 minutes in Costa Rica this morning, but they came home with a wet sail and won 3 1, which is tremendous news. Um, I've got, we've just got to remind the goalkeeper that no matter wherever the free kick is taken, you can't assume it's never going to be a shot on goal. Yeah. She just got her positioning wrong. At, uh, anyway. All the results, I didn't see the, um, the highlights, but I was following parts of it. Um, maybe it was you who was even retweeting it. Now, <laughs> <laughs> it may well have been, David, but Lockie's got something for you. Well, I'm, I'm, 
Curious as you go through that that period uh, as someone who's obviously left a club looking for a new one, uh, something we see a lot of, particularly in the A-League offseason, of people who go on uh, trial. As a, as a trialist in a practice game, uh, I was at uh, Dandenong Thunder last night and Jordan O'Doherty was trialling for Melbourne Victory. How hard is that sort of trial process for you as a player? Because it's always... One that I think fascinates a lot of people who are keeping their ears to the ground during the offseason. They see a player pop up here and they wonder what might become of it. But you know, from your perspective, what is that sort of period of, of having that experience of training and maybe playing a practice match with the game, hoping for a deal? How is that like a, emotionally, physically? Take us through it. Yeah, look, it's as a young player, it's no problem. As an older player, it's not ideal because you're established trying to then fit in with mm. group. And even 16, maybe now these days, or 17, 18 year olds who already have contracts, but you're sharing the dressing with them and you're trialing. So, not that it's demeaning, but like you've got to find your feet. And then you've got to, as a trialist, you know, you're you're generally the last one in the dressing room or generally the last one to get a seat um, somewhere, or you feel a bit out of place and feel a bit awkward. So, the probably the best place to feel comfortable is on the pitch when the coach has given you that role to be like, I've got to go out and do what I do. And then you back yourself or you, you should back yourself to, to do what you do. But going on trial, obviously you have no bargaining power, right? It's a contract given and you accept it of maybe it's probably minimum. Most trialists would, would walk in at, 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 um, you know, minimum wage, which is I think sixty thousand or seventy thousand. I don't know exactly what the minimum wage is in in the A League. Um, you know, I sometimes I thought about that, just getting a contract in the A League and just offering my services for minimum contract. But at the end of the day, with my age, I've still got a family to support, and, yep. and you know, I've worked hard to for savings. Um, I don't want to be dipping into that, and you know, I don't want to go too far into my personal situation. But as a trialist, you've you've got only a few moments to probably mm. shine on the pitch. Um, you might have that mentality of like, every time I touch the ball, I've got to do something good. Um, so then there might be some nerves in there, especially playing in pitches like, you know, standing on thunder or some of those <laughs> pitches that are bumpy. Like I think I know Bentley greens. I saw a few high, I think it was, was it Sydney FC? Yeah. Uh, last- Sydney FC last night. I mean, I didn't see a, a, a strand of green on that. It was, it was <laughs> no, the, the, the green's in their shirt. Exactly. Oh, okay, a strand. A strand yeah, yeah, on the ground. Yeah, yeah. Extracted yeah. from the pitch. Like, hey, it's a been blade. a cold winter, David. That uh, My point is the yeah, fields I... get hard. The fields get bumpy. Oh, yeah. They get chewed up. So your strength as a player might be dribbling. It's very difficult to go out there mm. on trial with, you know, the smell of, buddy the barbecue going no no Try that's and- <laughs> yeah. listen <laughs> you're, absolutely, you're absolutely right because we saw melbourne city playing uh, in newcastle uh, a couple of weeks ago and the ground was bumpy and you could see uh, uh, florin berenguer who really wants the ball on his feet and it was bubbling around and bouncing around and you need that millisecond to bring the ball down and of course the defender's not going to give you a millisecond they're onto you so instead of yep. uh, getting a, a, you know a, a, an assault away, you're busy defending. So you're absolutely right. There are challenges galore. Uh, before we let you go, um, it's okay. been great to catch up. What advice would you have for the next group of youngsters coming through? What After 17 years in the game and you've still got something to offer, what advice would you give a youngster who's considering a career, whether they be a young boy or a young girl? Well, from my personal journey, I probably wasn't as professional as I could be. I let talent um, take me to where I am, which if I applied myself better when I was younger, I probably wouldn't be sitting in Townsville right now. Um, I still had a good career. I've I've been happy. I, I have worked hard, but at the right times... Um, I probably haven't worked hard enough. So in terms of working hard, um, diet as well, you know, I've, I've copped a lot of stick over the years of maybe being too heavy or, or out of shape or whatnot, but I still can get the job done. I've still faster than other 
players or I can still run more. And and that's not the point. People look at at, at frames and shapes and think, oh, you know, you've got to be skinny to play football. No, no, no. If you apply yourself in the right way, um, you know, I, I, I think you can definitely make a career out of it, but you have to still have that talent. But a lot of coaches these days would rather take someone who can listen, can learn, can work hard for the team, be professional and they can shape rather than someone who's talented and, and doesn't have the right attitude. That's exactly um, what Michael Petrillo told us a little bit earlier on. So I would, first I would just have, have the right attitude to learn, um, make sacrifices because if you get the habit of making sacrifices, then when the time to make those sacrifices comes, it'll be easy. Missing out on your friends' parties, you might be 17th parties, 18th parties when you're going out drinking or whatnot. Like you gotta, you gotta give up that. Like there's plenty of good stuff in life to to have. I've missed out on all that. 21st, I've missed out on 30th. I've missed out on weddings, engagement parties, my kids' birthdays, Christmases, all that. But what I have at the moment in terms of monetary stuff and um, can provide for my kids in the future. I, I wouldn't give up what I've done before for those nights out of experiences or, you know, buying nice cars or nice shoes or nice clothes when I couldn't afford it. Yeah. And there's people in the dressing room who can afford those things, but then there's other kids or players who want to live on that same level, but don't have the same salary. So my advice is, you know, yeah, just just work hard, make sacrifices, and and look after your body because that's the, your body is is what's going to earn that for you. And and that's me preaching something which I haven't probably done. I haven't had major injuries. Um, I can still go another few years, and I've been very lucky. Maybe it's my, um, you know, my hereditary genes that has kept kept me going. Yeah. Um, but I actually um, played touch footy the other night, just uh, last night to um, just, you know, keep – I do shuttles. Keep the reflexes going. Keep it going. And I, I can run – I, I keep my watch on and I can do about two and a half Ks in shuttles in, in a game. So that's 40, 40 minutes of running um, it, with just shuttles. And um, I'm, I'm still quicker than some of the, the Indigenous 18, 19-year-old kids who, um, who try and – Outpaced I love that. I love that. Yeah. Uh, David Williams, that is fantastic. So the fire is still burning. That's what we want to hear. Uh, I mean, I'm ambitious. I, I just want to play in front of my kids again, to be honest. Like, my, my youngest has never seen me play. Um, Who's the youngest? Is it Rudy or is it Hugo? That's Rudy. He's Rudy. three. He's never seen me at live at a at football stadium. He hasn't walked out on the pitch with me. He hasn't got <laughs> photos with me. Hugo was there when I was at Wellington. Um, yep. He got to walk out with me. He got to play on the pitch after a few of the games and kick the ball and stuff like that. You know, we've had a couple of photos, but as a family man and a, a father of two boys who I would love to get into football, I, I want them to have some sort of memories and I want to see memories, videos and, and photos to have for myself once I grow up, but Rudy, he's um, he loves the Cowboys, the North Queensland Cowboys. <laughs> he's, a, he's a very good, he's a very very good tackler. Um, he just goes for the legs, and yeah, he's good. Uh, he's you'll have thr- to make him a goalkeeper, all right? Just oh, a just a heads up. He'll be something. Yeah, he's. A, <laughs> do you know what? He's got the mindset for a goalkeeper. They're always a bit. bit loopy, <laughs> Listen, uh, young yeah. young Vukovic is back in Australia. Oh, Danny's doing well. Uh, Danny's more. a terrific boy, and he's been through some amazing hardship with his family. But we, yep. we, we, we've loved his journey, and we wish him every success. And yep. we love David Williams, and we want you to, uh, you know, not finish your career um, this way. We want you to have uh, another stint and showcase uh, that magnificent talent that you've had uh, for a great number of years and gave us so much joy not only at Wellington Phoenix, but also when you played for us at uh, you, at uh, Melbourne Melbourne City and, of course, at Melbourne Heart. Thank you, David. Thank you, George. Thank you, Lockie, for having me. And, um, yeah, w- what you said about uh, Vuka, good to have someone like him back in the A-League and mm. a huge boost for Central Coast, that's for sure. Correct, correct. Well said, David. Thank you for joining right. us again. And regards to the family, and Thank we'll talk you, soon. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. All the best. There you go. Great young guy who still has a passion to play the game. I'm wondering if uh, there is a, an acqu- a talent acquisition guy thinking, hello, there might be a missing piece for us, and it could be David Williams.
can't help but wonder. I think there's a lot of clubs who could could use someone like a David Williams. Yeah, I'm just thinking, side. Michael Petrillo. I wonder if we range that if it was just, uh, what do they call it? Serendipity. <laughs> the man well, that he, first gave him a, a a Guernsey at the Fury. <laughs> would he be looking at one more stint oh, for City? You know him better than I do, George. I might have to let you. Oh, work you know your what magic. I'm thinking. You know what I'm thinking. It he would be a tremendous piece to be able to bring him in as an uh, impact player. Abs- that's exactly late in the game exactly. to just light him up. Or are you hoping for a percentage, George? No, I don't want anything <laughs> for it other than just the joy of and the smile. And I also think that John Moriarty and uh, and uh, and Roz need to look at people like David Williams because Adam Goods is a tremendous talent and a tremendous person to have as a spokesperson for this Indigenous panel. But David Williams, again, 17 seasons. uh, And he understands what it means not to have, as they say, uh, followed the right rules at the beginning. And he said, uh, maybe my uh, my DNA has helped me more than my my professionalism. But that's good advice. He's he's telling the next crop, hey, listen, uh, don't do as I do, do as I say. Yeah. All right. Until next week, this has been State of Our Football Nation on FNR. George Danekin and Lockie Flanagan. Thank you, Lockie. Thank you. You're listening to the State of Our Football Nation on FNR.